When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's Purple Daily. Caller has questions. Blue 58! Blue 58! Go! And he wants your answers. Street! Red, red, red! Red Polly! Blue Poncho! In rapid fire fashion. Gun flex right stack. 394 dragon smoke. It's Hot Rods on Purple Daily. 588! 397! I was just thinking that there is one part of that open that is inaccurate. It's the rapid fire fashion. It usually takes like. 27 minutes to get through five questions. This segment's been going 30 minutes. In really slow fashion. (laughs) I mean, back in the days of the Civil War, that was was rapid fire. You had to load a musket. You had to, like, get get the thing down in there. Uh Yeah, Yeah. it was a whole whole process. um, Communication took a long time. This motion Uh, right here. That's on video, I hope you know. <laughs> Great start to the hour. <laughs> That's uh, Rami Makhlov's only three minutes here. Thanks for your time, Rami. Um, we have a little bit of breaking Viking news before we oh, do get we? into hot routes. No, don't say it like that, like it's exciting. Uh, oh. Rock Thomas has been suspended without pay for three games of the 2019 regular season for violating the NFL's policy of uh, prog- and program of substances of abuse. So, so that's if, recreational drugs? He, that is not a performance So he was arrested with a bunch of weed. Oh, basically. okay. Right. And then, I mean, I imagine once someone oh, gets arrested that with yeah. a bunch of yeah, weed, right. they drug test them right after? I don't know. I, no one has any damn clue about how the NFL is dealing with any sort of suspensions or anything else. Just in general, the NFL doesn't. Know. I'm not sure anyone's actually seen Roger Goodell in months. I think maybe the Raj bot came out at the Super Bowl, but aside from that, I mean, no one knows what he does at this. Can moment. the NFL just stop testing for weed and um, caring about weed? Yes, they should. Every other league nice. is like, who cares? How about hockey? They don't test for anything. Or <laughs> I think that no, actually that's wrong. I think they test, but they don't suspend. So that if someone has just an a issue, slap on the wrist, like hey. Knock it off. I think that's what it is, is that they will go into a program if someone has an issue with drug use, but they don't suspend them. Baseball, I think, is similar to that. And basketball, you would have to use it every minute of every day to do it enough to somehow get suspended, right. which I think Al Jefferson did. 
I, I, I remember, if I remember correctly, Al Jefferson and uh, Courtney Cronin trolling me. So Courtney and I last year had mm-hmm. this big debate, Mike Boone or Rock Thomas, because what the hell else is there to do in training camp? Sure. So we would argue about it every practice and be like, oh, I think uh, Rock Thomas has got the edge. So I was team Rock. She was team Boone. And chose they, the better name. Well, they both made the team and had virtually no impact on the right. team. Did you ever ask if uh, she smelled what you were cooking? Um, that would, yeah, that's right. Okay. Um, and <laughs> if he had had a big game, she would have said, "Well, what a boon for my team." <laughs> uh, anyway, so this suspension is certainly uh, on Courtney Cronin's side, and I think. We have a bet about Rock Thomas and Mike Boone for this year's camp, except for there's odds on it because of the suspension. I see. So I'm still Team Rock Thomas, but I think it's we have some sort of odds, like 5-1 to one or whatever. But we only bet food and not money. Anyway, let's just do hot mm. routes. Any specific kind of food? or if, uh, Usually, well, so, okay, I can tell you the background on these uh-huh. stupid bets that we make with each other. Yeah. Milkshake bets. Because one day at training camp, toward the end of 2017 camp, uh, another reporter and I were yelling at each other on the sideline about whether Bucky Hodges would make the team. (laughs) I'm like, he's an idiot. There's no chance. He can't figure out the routes. You guys really do have too much time on your hands during training camp. camp, Way too much time on your hands. Two-hour practices standing there. I don't know. It's possible. Like we were, we were, we were close enough to where some people probably could have overheard this argument. We're going back and forth, and he's like, "No, they love his potential. He's going to make the team." I'm like he's a moron. There's no way he makes the team. And uh, so we're going back and forth. I'm like, "Fine, let's 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 bet on it." But of course, you can't have reporters betting cash on players right. making the team, especially on the so, sidelines right. and training camp. Right? So, I mean, just in general, it would be a little bit, sure. you know, uh, unsavory. So I was like, okay, a milkshake. Then I'll buy you a milkshake if Bucky Hodges makes the team. So of course, Bucky Hodges makes the final fifty-three. Now, were you pro Bucky or anti? I was anti Bucky. Okay. He makes the final 53 and is cut the next day. So they cut down to 53. And I'm like, I got this right. So they picked up a veteran from another yes, team. Blake okay. Bell. And all right. the, we'll all remember the Blake Bell era. Yeah. Uh, so they pick up Blake Bell. They cut him. And I'm like, I won. He's not on the team. I'm like, no, it was final 53 cut down. Went to arbitration. We brought in another reporter. We stated our case. I lost. So our friend Sam Ekstrom got his milkshake and thus began milkshake bets. I currently have one with another reporter, a five-year bet on whether Blair Walsh will ever kick another field goal in the NFL. (laughs) 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 It it does pass the time. I mean, when you're on your 15th day of a two-hour practice in 90-degree heat, you know, it's like, well, we can fight each other or bet milkshakes. Did the milkshake bring all the boys to the yard? Um, just, just, just him. No, and uh, again, who let you in here today? So <laughs> let's let's try hot routes. Sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> all right, man. Let's let us begin here. Uh, we've got Mark Schofield coming up in uh, about 20 minutes. By the way, he's going to talk. A little Kirk Cousins. He did a cool film piece about that that uh, I definitely showed you to mm-hmm. read. Yes. And hopefully you did. I'm going to do it during the break. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. First hot route of the day. At least three players threw a legitimate hissy fit over their Madden ratings. I and, love it. And maybe 
We might. I think that Stephen Weatherly was playing to the camera. So I'm not going to take that too seriously in the video that the Vikings put out. He was being very funny mm-hmm. and breaking down his speed in comparison to Daniel Hunter. And he said his coverage is fantastic, which he's not wrong. Zone blitzes, they'll use those. Anyway, uh, Demarcus Lawrence said that he's boycotting the game over an 89. Like an 89 is really good, and he's boycotting really the game. Good. Like, what is your problem? Uh, Keenan Allen was mad. Eric Ebron was mad. I get mad. Keenan Allen. He's Keenan a Allen receiver. has a beef. Yep, he's a great receiver. And then someone, and this is just like, what do we, what do we do in July? Someone did this huge breakdown of how individual categories impact the overall rating. So maybe Keenan Allen's lack of speed and wide receiver, they weigh it. It's just who cares. Anyway, I want to know from you guys the funniest thing you can think of that an NFL player got really huffy about. He's probably not the first one, and won't be the last to to get upset about this when you have no business getting upset about it. Jermichael Finley, Green Bay Packers. With a, with A.A. Ron? Uh, sat down with Rob Reichel of Packers Plus and sat, like, sat down for a one-on-one interview with Rob. Said a bunch of stuff that Aaron Rodgers wasn't happy about, Mike McCarthy wasn't happy about, he had a contract coming up the Packers organization wasn't happy about. So Rob prints exactly what Jermichael Finley said, like a reporter does, comes into the locker room on Monday, and Jermichael Finley literally had to be held back from Rob Reichel saying, you're going to cost me a job, you're going to cost me money. Why did you print that stuff? Why did you say you it? You said that <laughs> stuff. Dude, right. You agreed to sit down right. for an interview, you knew I had a recorder and a pen and a pad, yes. and said that stuff, and I just wrote down what you said. And Jermichael Finley wasn't saying, I didn't say that stuff. Yeah. He was just saying, you're going to cost me my job. I don't and, understand. And then he has since said a bunch of really stupid, stupid stuff, stuff about Aaron yes. Rodgers yes. and made himself look like a fool. Like, who are you, Jamar, uh, Jamichael Finley, to be criticizing one of the best QBs of all time and the reason you got paid? He was literally upset about what he said. <laughs> be mad at yourself. <laughs> Mine's uh, Kyle Rudolph fighting with people online about him not being an athletic tight end uh-huh. and about sure. his stats, about his ability to get yards after the catch. Just, dude, your stats say it all, man. Rudolph on Twitter said to a couple of people who had put something out there about him and the Vikings drafting uh, tight ends and said they've been trying to replace me for seven years or something. Oh, I remember that. Like, yeah, yeah. Wait, Michael Pruitt was supposed to replace you? <laughs> like, Bucky Hodges was replacing you, Kyle? Bucky Hodges couldn't count to four. Like, I don't think he was replacing you. What did Bucky Hodges do to you, man? You're going after him today. No, I, there are stories about Bucky Hodges. The guy was only here through training camp. They drafted him in the sixth round and cut him. That are lore Dude, around the Vikings. Even if you are smart, walking around with the name Bucky, nobody's yeah, gonna yeah. buy it. No, the best one. For Captain well, there, there's ones that are there's ones that I can't tell that are even funnier. But my favorite one with him was they gave him the number eighty four, and I think that was like a gag. Like Randy like Moss's number. Funny. Yeah, you're like, let's give this idiot like number eighty four. <laughs> and so, of course, the reporters, uh, hey, Bucky, what do you think of wearing number 84? It's Moss's number. And he was like, well, you know, this number's legendary, and I'm just going to carry on the the legacy of number 84. <laughs> like, you're a sixth-round tight end, man. <laughs> you just say, like, they gave me a number. Who cares? Anyway, 
I mean, that's what Irv Smith said. Irv Smith said, like, he, Irv Smith was unaware of who Randy Moss was, which is totally fine because he's like 20. But Randy but, Moss is on TV. It's not like. Yeah, but if you're 20, you don't care. Think about who that would have been for us. It'd be like, oh man, you got Catfish Hunters numbers. Why don't you respect Dave Rigetti? Uh, you would have been like, okay, I guess. All right. Uh, for me, it was a one player in an article. I posted his PFF grade chart of just like the PFF grades for his career. Mm-hmm. So this has nothing to do with me. This is just his grades. And then I subsequently explained why his grade would have gone down. His role changed. He was still effective pass rusher. Yada yada yada. And he, uh, this player, subtweeted me with a long rant about how media shouldn't use these grades and they're misleading and all this stuff. All 32 teams work with PFF. And so I tweeted him back like, but did you like the article or something? (laughs) Uh, So players being mad at their PFF grades when they're bad, but loving PFF when they're good is one of my favorite things that they get upset about. Same thing goes for Madden ratings. All right, our next hot route. Congratulations to 49ers kicker Robbie Gold. I'm upset about this. I love this. I'm upset I know, about no, this. No, no, I love I, res- I know why you're upset because yeah. the Bears kicking situation's a disaster. You wanted Robbie Gold And he to wanted come home. to go to Chicago. Yes. He's a Bears fan. He was at the game just attending as a fan when the when the double doink happened. But how many kickers could win a contract standoff with their team? Not many. Three? Yeah, good Robbie for him. Gold is oh, one I'm happy for him. He won it. He got his two-year deal rather than playing on the franchise tag. And John Lynch, my new hero, dropped this tremendous pun. He said, we're happy to start off on the right foot with Robbie Gold. Mm. Good job, John Lynch. But Thank my you. milkshake more, line. More oh, no, puns. that's not funny. This is my show. So more, <laughs> more puns in press conferences. <laughs> so give me a Vikings opinion with a pun included. So I'm allowing it now. Okay. Don't go rogue. Don't go pun rogue on me other times. This time you can. I got do two it. of them. Can I give you two? Go ahead. Yeah. One. Tying with the Packers last year was like kissing your cousins. All right. Okay. (laughs) Mess with the Vikings. Get the horns. Jonathan is also here. (laughs) All right. The Vikings will be looking to block out the haters with a better offensive line this year. Okay. That was was even worse. I don't even get that one. Like, are you... Are you just block, using a, block, a football like terminology? Blocking, block. blocking the haters. No, okay. It's just like Come blocking on. offensive mm. line. Mine was better. All right. Mine so was definitely better. I think that... All right, Captain Pun. Despite, Let's do this. Despite <laughs> Rock Thomas's three-game suspension, which I know has everyone changing the lines in <laughs> Vegas, uh, I think the Vikings are cooking up something good in the backfield for this year. But Delvin Cook. Oh, okay. It up. All right. I didn't get it until you explained it. <laughs> You're Thank welcome. You. Yep. And feel free to use that, everyone, at the office. We'll pretend at home. we didn't do that question. <laughs> Say you're in a bar and you like somebody and you want to talk to them. That's a good place to start. I think the Vikings are cooking something up in the backfield this year with Delvin. Am I right? It'll work. I'm use that. Have I told you guys I've only had one girlfriend? <laughs> <laughs> our, our, our next uh, <laughs> Golden Tate clearly disrespecting Russell Wilson for some reason. I don't know why. 
said that Matthew Stafford is the best quarterback he has ever played with. Matthew Stafford's had a good career, a decent career. He's been a mid-pack quarterback for most of his career. Did right? you see before you finished this question? I believe it was Eric Eager, who you you have on the show from time to time. I do, do you yes. not from yep. pro, pro football? He's co-hosting the next three days. I believe he was the one who tweeted out last night that at the scouting combine he was sitting next to a table of NFL front office guys. And one of them said, yeah, Aaron Rodgers is great, but Matthew Stafford? Matthew Stafford is the natural. <laughs> what? Uh, so bizarre. I and mean, Charles Robinson confirmed that he also heard the same thing really? sitting in the same wow. restaurant next to that wow. table. And and when you go through <laughs> Stafford's career, especially, say, like the, the early days where he's got Megatron, he puts up big numbers, he has some tough times, and then... Really, 2014 through 2017, he's a pretty good quarterback. Mm-hmm. He went, I, I just did this right now, 36 and 28 through that time with a 94 quarterback rating, like a good NFL quarterback, and has some special arm talent. Last year, bad team, his numbers go down, as most quarterbacks would with a bad team. But here's my question for you. So he's been good, mid-pack. What would it take over his next 7 to 10 years of football, because quarterbacks can play till they're 40 now, for Matthew Stafford to end up in the Hall of Fame, what would be required? Um, some historic seasons, like in terms of yards, touchdowns, etc. Some historic seasons, like two or three of those, and at least one Super Bowl ring. It would probably take two for me to put Matthew Stafford okay. in the Hall of Fame. The Eli Manning formula, essentially. Sure, yeah. See, I'm just at one Super Bowl ring. You win a ring with the Lions of all teams? That's true. That's like the Lions. You have to grade on a curve. Right. Right. So I I agree with you, Rami, that there has to be what they would call in baseball reference black ink. So if you pull up Steve Young's pro football reference page, you see an insane amount of black ink, which is for they bold when you lead the league in something. Mm -hmm. Right now, Matthew Stafford, the only things he's ever led the league in are fourth quarter comebacks twice, game winning drives three times, which... You have to be losing to get those things, so that's kind of a weird stat. Um, and attempts. He led the league twice in attempts. So he's never led in yards. He's never led in touchdowns. He's never led in touchdown percentage, quarterback rating, yards per game, yards per ten. He's never led in anything. So I think he would have to get a heck of a lot more black ink. He would have to lead the league a couple of times, and then it would have to be a ring. I think if you get a ring as Detroit, and like you're telling this story, people have overrated Matthew Stafford for a really long time. Mm-hmm. He is a more fun to watch Kirk Cousins because of his big arm. Right. But in terms oh, of he's got a where rid- they rank, ridiculous arm. Yeah. Ridiculous arm. But in terms of where you would put them in the league at any given time, it's probably somewhere from 12 to 16. By the way, I don't know what he did last year, but I just I, I pulled up an article as you were talking. His record against winning teams going into last season. Six and forty-six. Uh yeah, yeah. That's that's about right. And a lot, you know, he's played with a lot of bad, bad teams, Detroit sure, Lion teams. But, but even when they were good, he hasn't won a playoff. And if you're game that yet. type of quarterback, right. you lift up, you lift up a team. You right. don't have teams that bad as he's played on. If you're that good of a quarterback, he has three one and done playoff appearances, four touchdowns, three picks, and an eighty-seven quarterback rating. So nothing special, even in the playoffs. I think he's got a really long way to go, but he's an interesting guy to me because there are some people out there who think he's a top ten quarterback, and I've just never really felt that way. All right, our next hot route here. There's a headline on Pro Football Talk that says this, quote, Cooper Rush 
ready to compete to retain backup job to Dak Prescott. Now, you guys know. That's the most useless headline this, I know. that I've ever, ever read. But you guys know I love backup quarterbacks. Yes. I love journeymen. I love the guys that randomly show up and have a great game, and you never heard of Matt Flynn before, and then what the? And then he gets paid for no reason. Right. It's amazing. And I don't know if you know, but I think it's the most over-talked about yeah. Yeah. worthless position in maybe all of sports. Fair enough. Because dur- during during this time, people will debate the backup quarterback. Right. And then if your starter struggles, it'll be, well, maybe they should be playing as backup quarterback mm-hmm. who's never played before and was in the CFL for a year or something. Yeah, I get where you're coming from. 95 from times out of 100. Yeah. If your starting quarterback yes. goes down, cancel Christmas. It's just your season's over. The funny part of this, and I think I've said this to you maybe off the air when we've discussed it, mm-hmm. is that in this particular football market, the 95 out of 100%, we've been the 5% <laughs> so true. many yeah. times. Yep. Three NFC championships with quarterbacks who didn't start the season. I mean, how crazy is that? It's true. Anyway, so you guys know my love and appreciation for journeyman backup quarterbacks, but I've never heard of Cooper Rush. I have no clue who that is. You that sounds both. like a Madden create-a-player name yep. in the draft. Like, if you can't import your draft class because they don't have the college football game anymore, then they make up names like Cooper Rush. Yeah. So I, I want you to tell me this. Let's say you got the Rams. You're in the Super Bowl. You got this great, fantastic team, but your starter is down, and you need to win the Super Bowl with any backup in the league. Which backup would you want to try to win the Super Bowl with? I'm going with Brian Hoyer of the New England Patriots. And not because he's Brian Hoyer, but because he's the New England Patriots backup <laughs> quarterback. And I've seen Matt Castle and Jimmy Garoppolo do okay. ridiculous things for a backup quarterback when Tom Brady went down. So I'm going Brian Hoyer. Okay, I like it. I've got a couple, and I can't figure out which one I'm going to go with here. Here's my list, guys. Teddy Bridgewater, Taylor Henneke, Trevor Simeon, and Joe Webb. Taylor Heineke? Where the hell's that come from? <laughs> <laughs> Training camp 2015 or something? I don't like, even know. Them, what team is Tyler Heineke on? Taylor Heineke? Taylor Heineke Taylor, is the Tyler, backup. Panthers. He's the backup for the Panthers, but... That was just Maybe my troll answer. You my are real not... answer is Matt Schaub. Okay, just because he's still in the league. Hey, one game. He doesn't yeah. have to play two, and then he'll be hurt. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's years do you know his... the Taylor Heineke story, Rami? I do not. That okay. <laughs> There's a Taylor Heineke story. Yes, you bet your ass there is. So, <laughs> I believe there is. Taylor Heineke showed some potential for the Minnesota Vikings as their uh, like kind of development quarterback. He had these crazy stats at Old Dominion. He even punted at Old Dominion. So he's like this really good athlete. I literally and just choked on my coffee yeah. momentarily when you said Old Dominion. Yeah, Old like, Dominion. Yeah, he's fantastic. Okay. Yep. Uh, I forget what their logo is. Does anybody know where I have I'll find Old it. Uh, anyway, so they bring him in. He has this pretty good training camp, I believe, in 2015. 2016 camp, he is... Uh, got a chance to win the backup job behind Teddy Bridgewater. But he comes home one night with a friend, and uh, this friend is struggling to get into his house. So Taylor Heineke has the bright idea to try to kick his way in. (laughs) And Taylor Heineke injures his foot and misses most of training camp because he kicked in a glass door. A A glass door? Yeah. He thought he could kick in a glass door. There was alcohol involved, of course, oh, right? Yeah, well, okay. it was never confirmed, but, uh, I mean, if there wasn't, then he should have been cut just based on being that dumb. <laughs> anyway, so now he's the backup for the Panthers. By the way, I found the uh, 
the logo for Old Dominion. And it's uh, it says Old Dominion University in, yeah. in the front. And then there's a lion wearing a crown. And I think he's supposed to be swiping his paw. Yeah. Like at you. Like, to, well, like what, in a, what in are a, they? They're not the scary, lions, though, intimidating right? the way. They, they're the oh, monarchs. The monarchs. Yeah. I knew it was something great. Go monarchs. It looks like he's just waving <laughs> high or trying to give you a high five. Yeah, that's what it looks like to me. It's looking like he's trying to go for a high five. I here. would gladly high five that monarch. All right, last one here, and then we've got Mark Schofield coming up, and you've got to read his article in 30 seconds or less in the break. Um, I got this. Adrian Peterson said the Washington football team is looking great under Case Keenum. I want you guys to give me the percentage chance Case Keenum pulls a 2017 out of his behind in D.C. and makes the playoffs. Percentage chance. Because we know he can do it. He led a 13-3 team, so, just so get it's him in, not just zero. Get him into the playoffs. Is that what you're asking? Get him into the playoffs. Get in the playoffs. All right. He does not have to go 13 and 3. Um 10%? That that seems high. It does. Like the Twins chances of winning a World Series right now according to 538 are 8%. I got to imagine Case Keenum's chances of taking the Redskins to the playoffs is lesser than the Twins winning a but World it is Series. The NFL you think? playoffs. I That's mean, true. Giants aren't going to be that good. You only need somebody else to have a quarterback get hurt and you're in. I'm, I'm going 5%. I'll leave it at 10. Eagles are too good in that division. The Cowboys yeah. are going to be competitive. You're right. You're right. I'm not sure Washington can do anything in that division, so it's going to be 5%. I'll go a higher percentage than you guys, but not by much. I will go 12%. I'll be like the Price is Right person who takes like just $1 mm-hmm. or whatever, but the opposite version. I think there is a chance with Case that every once in a while, he's a guy who could just get hot and get in a groove and get a little good luck. And win, but I don't think the rest of that team is good enough. So, all right, Mark Schofield wrote a very cool article about Kirk Cousins, and we are going to discuss. He watched a bunch of tape and came away with some pretty interesting conclusions. So, he's going to come on. X Games Minneapolis returns to U.S. Bank Stadium August 1st through the 4th, featuring four days of the world's best action sports, music, and festival experience. Don't miss the greatest action sports athletes on the planet and musical performances. From Incubus, POS, the Wu-Tang Clan, and more. Tickets and more information at xgames.com slash tickets. Cousins throwing for it. Touchdown. Who else? Stephon Diggs. And the Vikings draw first blood. All right, we are back here on Purple Daily. Matthew Collar along with Rami Maklov. As always, Jonathan Harrison is producing. And we welcome in our next guest, Mark Schofield, who has written a very cool article for Matt Waldman's website, mattwaldmanrsp.com. He covers usually the draft, Matt Waldman does, but also some uh, really cool NFL analysis. And Mark, you took the time to watch and grind out the Kirk Cousins film and I thought you came away with some really interesting conclusions, and especially um, something that touches Rami Makhlouf very deeply, which is a cooking analogy. Yeah, I love the cooking and food analogies. You brought up America's <laughs> Test Kitchen. I love that show. <laughs> like this, this article is right up my alley. So, so why don't you explain, uh, Mark, why Kirk Cousins is like a chef or a cook? Well, thanks for having me on, and and it's a pleasure to be here, and. The article sort of jumped off a discussion that was taking place on Twitter. Dan Orlovsky, Kurt Warner, and others was kind of having this debate about Kirk Cousins as a quarterback. And my mind sort of flashed to a piece that was on Matt Waldman's set a couple of years ago about Marcus Mariota, written by Eric Stoner, and he described Mariota as a task-oriented quarterback. And 
that sort of when Stoner wrote that about Marcus Mariota during that draft process, I really sort of identified with that piece. I thought it was really well done. I liked the thought process behind it because it sort of taps into what a lot of quarterbacks do when they're in the pocket, going through progression reads and checking off boxes and decisions and things like that. It's what I used to do when I attempted to play the position rather poorly. And so I thought it was a sort of great way to sort of frame the question about not just Kirk Cousins, although the article is dedicated you know, to him, but quarterbacks in general, are they bakers in which they sort of go through the steps on a given play, they check off the boxes and the weeds, and they just do it by the book? Or are they sort of chefs, in which case, you know, maybe they'll do it by the book on some plays, but on others, they'll go a little bit off script, they'll make some different decisions, they'll look for different reads, they'll maybe go beyond the four corners of the play design, in a, in a sense. And I really thought that was a good way to sort of encapsulate where Kirk Cousins is right now and how he can perhaps break into that next tier of quarterbacks as he develops it during his time in Minnesota. To use your analogy, can can an NFL quarterback be a baker and not a chef and be great, or does that sort of limit how good they can be sticking strictly to the recipe like a baker would? Right. I, I think you can be a sort of baker-type quarterback and be extremely successful both in terms of just production-wise and in terms of wins and losses. And I think you could make the case that Tom Brady arguably the greatest quarterback of all time, is more of a baker than a chef. You know, he goes through the read structure that Josh McDaniels will put in front of him. Josh McDaniels does some great things in terms of play design. And Tom Brady will go through his reads. He's so good at the line of scrimmage in that pre-snap phase as well. And he's, look, he's won a number six Super Bowls. He's won MVPs. But he's more of a baker, I'd say, than a chef. And I'm a, I'm a Patriots guy. I'm a Patriots fan. And so I think the fact that a quarterback sort of fits one box or the other isn't sort of a be-all end-all of where they are as a quarterback and what they can do for their team. You've seen a lot of quarterbacks more in that Baker mold. And I would say most quarterbacks are sort of that Baker type of quarterback, but you could still be very successful. This isn't a situation where, oh, unless Kirk Cousins does X, Y, or Z, he's going to struggle as a quarterback and Minnesota will not have success on the field as a result. I think it's a situation where these are some things that Kirk Cousins could do to become even better and move up into that next tier of quarterbacks. Well, that's my question, Mark, is is that really possible? Because a lot of the quarterbacks that you see who can go off script, I think, which is kind of how I've always put it, is someone who can, um, you know, when things break down, that they can find somebody or, you know, maybe they can see something that isn't necessarily there drawn up for them. Or if you're Aaron Rodgers, you just tell receivers to run whatever route you want them to run. Right. I mean, maybe that's going too far. That's, that's being like the Gordon Ramsey cook. Um, <laughs> it's, it's being, uh, Aaron Rodgers, but, but can, can you really develop that? I mean, Kirk Cousins is not anywhere close to a young quarterback at this point in his career. You know, you can, but this sort of gets into maybe an underpinning of the discussion, which is you need to have some help from your play designer and your play caller. Because, you know, in the piece, I linked to three different clips where I said, look, you know, if I'm sitting back and grading this in a vacuum, like he makes the right read and decision, he goes by the book here, but there were things that he could have done outside the sort of progression of the play that might have led to an even better play for the offense here. But at the same time, he has to know that that's an available option to him. Now, some of the plays... Maybe if there was a little bit better play design, the third play that I went to, for example, he had two vertical routes, one along each boundary. Does he even have the option to do that? Does he even have the option to go there? Are we instructing Kirk Cousins as an, a, you know, a coaching staff to look beyond the design? And that might be the next question in the analysis is with the new offensive coordinator, the interim turn offensive coordinator now, 
Is he going to have those opportunities? He's going to get coached up to, you know, maybe try some different things, maybe expand, expand the designs a bit, or are they still going to rely on him to go on him, you know, buy the book, play it, and play out? If they give him those opportunities, if they give him those chances, say, look, you know, this is what we usually want you to do, but if you get this look or you get this coverage or you get this matchup, maybe give it a peek. That might lead to some of these better opportunities for the Vikings to hit on plays down the field in the passing game. There is a fine line when we talk about this, though, is there not? I was I was in Milwaukee covering the Packers for a long time before I came here to score north, and as great as Aaron Rodgers was, when things weren't going so well for the Packers, a lot of the time, and especially for Aaron Rodgers, a lot of the time it's because he would hang on to the ball and wait and wait and wait instead of taking what was drawn up or what was given to him by the defense. That can be a detriment to a quarterback and an offense, too, can it? Yeah, absolutely, and that's why... You know, there's always such a fine line when I'm trying to talk about quarterback play because there's so much that goes into a single play, a given snap, a given route design, and there's so many different ways that a play can unfold. And there are times when, yes, even the chefs of the quarterback world need to be smarter and sort of checking the ball down. You can be overly aggressive. You can wait on route concepts. You can try to create too much, and that will actually harm your offense. Because, like you said, like you pointed out, you'll be holding on to the ball too long. Route concepts won't come open when they're supposed to. You're not getting the ball out when you're supposed to within the structure of the play. You're not taking what the defense has given you. So, of course, as a quarterback, you have to sort of balance the two. But at the same time, you know, there are times when, you know, I highlighted in the piece with Kirk Cousins, you can probably do it with other quarterbacks, when there are options that you have a chance to make a big play downfield and exploit a defensive coverage or a defensive look. You've got to take them, otherwise the defense will keep doing what they're doing and you're playing right into their hands. Talking with Mark Schofield, great uh, quarterback analyst. He wrote an awesome piece on Kirk Cousins on uh, Matt Waldman's website, mattwaldmanrsp.com, so you can go there to check it out. Uh, something I want to ask you about, Mark, is the running element to quarterbacks in 2019. I was going through and just checking off how many guys would you be scared of the running part? Not necessarily that they are Lamar Jackson, but where they'll get you if you if you let them do it. And it's about half the league now. And Kirk Cousins last year was 24th in rushing yards, and PFF had him dead last in, in his running part of his game. Is that something that you feel like is becoming where you have to have that extra element to stress a defense or it's easier on the defense than it ever was with with Cousins? Because I feel like last year it wasn't just, oh, he doesn't really do it well. It was like a legitimate detriment to him that he couldn't take off. Yeah, and we're seeing obviously more and more quarterbacks come into the league with that sort of spread RPO type offensive background where they're asked to be both passers and runners in their college offenses and because of the way the league works now you get those guys into your offense into your organization you want to get them on the field you want to maximize that rookie contract and so teams are going to rely on guys to create with their legs like they did in college I mean, Lamar Jackson's first start for example he had 23 carries against the Bengals because that's what he did in college and it translates well at times and so there is that element where this is what they've been running and it is a way to sort of keep that defense honest when you have so many play designs inside zone, wide zone, outside zone that are based on leaving that backside edge defender unblocked and the quarterback's threat with his legs to keep him honest. You need to have that element. The interesting thing with thinking about Cousins is, and you know, this sort of dates back to his time in Washington, he throws really well on the move, very clean he mechanically. Does, yeah. He really, you know, when he gets outside of the pocket, you know, whether it's to his left or to his right, 
really clean mechanic. I like the way he throws on the moves. I'd like to see them use him on the move a little bit more because he'll do two things. One, he can do it well. Two, usually it'll be off of play action, which is another area where he's pretty good as a quarterback. And that dates back to his time in Washington as well. And three, it helps introduce that mobility element, which will help keep a defense honest on some of their other play designs, including rushing designs. Well, Mark, I think you're exactly right in terms of him doing play actions and boots and things like that and how well he can throw on the move. It's kind of a funny dichotomy that he is not a good runner, but he can really throw well on the move. Uh, I used to feel the same way about Sam Bradford. If you got him rolling, he could uh, he could make a throw, but don't ask him to run anywhere. Um, right. Just a last thing for you, Mark. They are changing systems here, going to a Kubiak-style offense. And I was watching a little of the 49ers the other night to try and figure out, okay, where could they be creative? How can they help Kirk Cousins? Because to me, the Kyle Shanahan offense is about as creative as you get, especially with the play actions and off-the-zone runs and everything like that. Um, how much in your mind in today's quarterbacks is how you scheme for a guy's particular skill set? Because that's the big question here is how much better can Kirk be if he's got an offense that fits him as opposed to with John Filippo last year? Yeah, I think that's the ultimate question for most offensive coordinators and offensive-minded head coaches is to find what your quarterback does well. And then design the offense around him. We are seeing more of a move league-wide into that you know, let's help our guy and scheme for our guy rather than, look, this is what we run, and you're going to have to figure out a way to run it. You know, the interesting thing that I would like to see Minnesota do is what some other teams are doing, using personnel packages to dictate the defense you want to attack and then have routes and play designs to attack it. And when you think about what sort of Kyle Shanahan does as a play caller, they use 21 personnel, two running backs, two wide receivers, and a tight end, more than anybody in the league. But they throw out of it so often because they get to go up against base defensive looks, and then they get linebackers matched up against running backs, matched up against fullback and Kyle Jezuski, who is an extremely effective fullback. But they're very effective passing out of 21 personnel because they get the matchups that they want. I think more teams need to do things like this. You look at you know, Sean McVay and the Rams, they use 11 personnel almost all the time, but they get light boxes to run against. And so using personnel creatively especially when, if you think about it, we just got done saying, look, Kirk Cousins, great off of play action, 21 personnel, that screams run. So that's a great opportunity to get a base defense to throw against, show play action, and then throw against those base defenses. I I think that would be a great component to add to Minnesota's offense next year because it plays to a lot of Cousins' strengths as a passer. Yep, and I think that's exactly why they drafted Irv Smith to create some of those yep. mismatches that you're talking about, and that would be the smart way. There was a play that I saw from the 49ers where the fullback and the tight end are the two wide receivers. They're the widest guys yep. out, and Detroit is playing clearly his own defense because the corners are on them. So you got cornerbacks lined up against the fullback and a tight end, <laughs> and linebackers yep. against wide receivers. It's like, okay, uh, Detroit, I don't know if that's going to work for you very well, but that's the type of thing I think the Vikings need to do more of for sure. That's exactly right. And you think about, you know, the New England Patriots. How many times do you see them come out and they'll have their fullback, James Devlin, and he's out by the numbers matched up against the corner? Because like you said, man, what does that tell the quarterback? Tom Brady now knows exactly what the defense is doing because if you've got a corner outside over James Devlin, well, it's probably going to be zone coverage. And when you give a quarterback more information before the ball is snapped, he's going to be that much more successful after the snap. Mark, you do awesome analysis. I was glad to see you uh, writing about the quarterback that I cover here so I could learn something. Great stuff, and uh, thanks for coming on, man. 
Thanks so much for having me on, guys. Have a great afternoon. Yeah, you too. That's uh, Mark Schofield. Um, his name is spelled exactly how you think, and you can follow him on Twitter for great football analysis. And the website that he wrote this for, he writes for a lot of different websites, uh, Matt Waldman RSP. Matt Waldman's a guy who's been analyzing the draft for a long time. What if you're so. a bad speller? You're saying out there it's spelled to everybody who's listening. Okay, it's spelled good, exactly good how you think. It's uh, Mark... M-A-R-K. Okay, that was the only part I wasn't sure about. Schofield is S-C-H-O and then Field, F-I-E-L-D. So there you have it. Thank you. That's exactly where you can find it. All right. All right. Uh, that was fun. That was a good analysis. That was football-y. That's very football That was football-y. That's great. When you talk about the fullback lining up outside, <laughs> what tells you about that defense? I mean, I am ready for football, everyone. Sometimes... When that happens, it's hard not to swear. You're ready to scream with somebody about the seventh cornerback on the sideline at training camp. Chris Boyd. Uh, (laughs) Okay, in fact, perfect tease, because at the center of our website is ranking the Vikings position groups by most intriguing. So I want to run through that, and then you can just yell football after I... Name each position. I can do that. (laughs) I'm qualified. All right, we'll be right back. You're listening to Purple Daily here on Score North. 351 here at Score North. Time for the Score North download. Jonathan here with this download. This download brought to you by MyPillow. One thing you can download from our app or any podcast app you have is Minnesota Sports Rewind. It's where Score North goes back in time and dives deep into some of the most prominent moments in Minnesota sports history, including Twins and Tigers game 163, Twins and A's from the 2002 ALDS, a couple basketball ones here, Kevin Love's 30-30 and game, and Kevin Garnett's dominating game seven against Sacramento. Again, that's called Minnesota Sports Rewind. It's on scorenorth.com, Apple, Spotify, and anywhere you find podcasts. That's been your Score North download. Now back to the final segment of Purple Daily for today. Thank you, Jonathan. Mackie and Judd with Rami coming up next. Rami is here uh, in studio for the final couple minutes of Purple Daily. And uh, I'm doing a bunch of rankings, Rami, as we lead up to training camp. Lists. Lists. People love the lists. They do. Are you, like, when do you get excited for football mode? When do you get excited? Uh, The other day when I saw, oh man, now I'm drawing a complete blank, the host of uh, NFL Red Zone, Scott Hansen, he tweeted out, Eight more Sundays till NFL Red Zone. It's coming. With a whole bunch of flame emojis. I, I started feeling it right there. For me, it's all the time. Like, this entire offseason has been great. I've been able to read so much, watch a lot of YouTube things, and learn a lot more, and write a lot of cool stuff. So it's always into it. But like that first day when they get the pads on, that's when it's like, okay. All right, now with now we're footballing. When they get the shorts and the mini camps and everything else, you're like, okay, they're sort of footballing, but not really. Right. And then we ask Zimmer after, hey, so how did like Drew Samia look today? And I'm like, I don't know, he doesn't have pads on. Good, <laughs> very large. <laughs> For me, it also depends on how the baseball season is going. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Is it holding my interest? Is it good enough to hold my interest? So this year, it's. I have good baseball both in my rooting interest as a Cubs fan and what I do for a living with the Twins. I like to see them do well. So I have plenty of good baseball to keep me busy for now. Yeah, I could see that. For, if, uh, for those who are allowed to talk about other sports. Right. Yes. You stick to football. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so here's how I've ranked them in terms of positions by intrigue. I have wide receiver number one because there is the possibility of almost anyone who has a jersey winning a spot. 
And anytime you have that, even though the number one and number two are all set, that anytime you have six different people who you could see winning mm-hmm. a spot, there's a guy named Davion Davis. Like, okay, like he could do it. I mean, he's from Sam I like the Houston name. State. Yeah, I mean, there's a possibility that he could win a spot. There's a possibility Laquan Treadwell could have seen his last day in Minnesota. Do I don't they call think him so. Dave Dave? I don't. They should I, call him Dave Dave. I knew a guy named Dave Dave. You should call him Dave yeah. Dave when you go um, to training camp. I No. Okay. I'm not going right. to do that. Uh, I have defensive line second. And the reason for that is, again, a lot of guys could win spots. Hercules Mata'afa. Learn that name. Hercules? Hercules. His name is actually name Hercules. Is Hercules Mata'afa. There's an apostrophe in there. Between the Ada and the Afa. Every time he does something good on the football field, they should play the clip from uh, the Nutty Professor with Hercules. Hercules. Uh, yes, that would yeah, be great. Should. All right, so, I'm, I'm just not going to get through all these. So I'll just tell experience. you, I've got running back, cornerback, offensive line, tight end, quarterback, special teams. Last is safety. Harrison Smith's really good at football. That's all you need to know. He's pretty good. All right. I'll be in Cincinnati tomorrow broadcasting for PFF's offices. We're going to have their people on for the rest. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. At the Home Depot, we have plenty of Christmas trees to make your holidays even more magical. Hundreds of full, easy-to-assemble artificial trees that look so real, you may be convinced they actually are. And for those who love that fresh pine smell, we have a parking lot full of fresh-cut trees to call your own. We'll even help you load your tree in the car so you can bring home the holidays. The Home Depot, how doers get more done.